This is the Prophetic Angle. This is Pastor Rick Bowen. And today we're going to talk about Executive Order 13848. Executive Order 13848 was issued or written into, uh, into was documented on uh, December the 12th, 2018. And most of the time, I would say most of us, when we hear about executive orders, we pay very little, if any, attention. I think many of them come and go, and we, unless we are affected by them and know it, we, we, we have no knowledge of them or don't really care too much. So I want to start out by saying what an executive order is, and I've got this open here on Wikipedia. It says here, an executive order is a means of issuing federal directives in the United States used by the President of the United States that manages operations of the federal government. The legal or constitutional basis for executive orders has multiple sources. Article 2 of the United States Constitution gives the President broad executive and enforcement authority to use their discretion to determine how to enforce the law or to otherwise manage the resources and, the, and staff of the executive branch. The ability to make such orders is also based on expressed or implied acts of Congress that delegate to the president some decree, degree of discretionary power. Like both legislative statutes and regulations promulgated by government agencies. Executive orders are subject to judicial review and may be overturned if the orders lack support by statute or the Constitution. Some policy initiatives require approval by the legislative branch, but executive orders have significant influence over the internal affairs of government, deciding how and to what degree legislation will be enforced, dealing with emergencies. This is the part I want you to begin to focus on waging wars, and in general, fine-tuning policy choices in the implementation of broad statutes. As the head of state and the head of government of the United States, as well as commander-in-chief of the United States Armed Forces, only the president of the United States can issue an executive order. Presidential executive orders, once issued, remain in force until they are canceled, revoked, adjudicated, unlawful, or expire on their terms. At any time, the president may revoke, modify, or make exceptions from an executive order, whether the order was made by the current president or a predecessor. Typically, a new president reviews and force executive orders in the first uh, few weeks in office, meaning he looked back over those that are have not been canceled or revoked or adjudicated unlawful. From the previous administration or administrations. Okay, so lots of words here. I'm stumbling over some of my words, but that's okay. We'll move on. So now we sort of know what an executive order is, something a president can do. Now, I just want to point out to you, since this is a biblical perspective and I take a prophetic angle in dealing with just about any, if not all, issues 
that there's one executive that has made orders that are in force that will culminate in a finale that is grand and glorious. And that, of course, is Yahweh Elohim who sits on the throne. And far be it from anybody, including a president or a judge or a justice or a congressman or a senator to reject or go against God's executive orders. You can find those executive orders in the BIBLE. Okay, now let's go on. What is Executive Order 13848? Apparently on December the 12th, 2018, after the... Russia Gate hoax that the Democratic Party perpetrated against and on President Trump and on all of America for that matter. President Trump issued this executive order, 13848. Now, I'm not going to even start to read it to you, but the gist of it is, from my point of view, is that it was intended to give the president some latitude in dealing with the possible foreign interference in our elections. Um, it came at the end of the Russiagate hoax. So Barack Obama had already apparently had at least one executive order pertaining to foreign interference. And when Donald Trump issued this executive order about foreign interference in our elections, after Robert Mueller could find no fault in anything that President Trump had done that would remotely be related to collusion with Russia that would have interfered with our 2016 election, when Donald Trump issued this executive order, partly because of the outcry coming up in the Democratic Party about foreign interference, even though there, there wasn't any, it was proven there wasn't any, um, for Donald Trump at least, the Democrats said, too little, too late. But I believe that Donald Trump was looking forward to the 2020 election, where we are now, and setting the stage for possible uh, activity and decisions that would need to be made because he already was aware of some of the maneuverings of the deep state so that there could be interference and fraud in the upcoming election. Now, I could stop and bog down in this. Let me try to move on. And, of course, now we see that that is the case. Now, this was prior to COVID-19. That wasn't even on the radar. I doubt Donald Trump had any inkling of that. But he did know, and he knew this before he was elected the first time, that China, I'm talking about the Communist Party now, not the people, that China, the Communist Party, the CCP, had been interfering in America in many ways for a long period of time and that they had rooted themselves and planted themselves in many of the companies, businesses, entities, political um, 
entities, sports groups, um, and all kinds of uh, economic um, trenches they had planted themselves in. So he was aware of the effort to commit cyber warfare against the United States by China and other countries. So he had this general knowledge that I'm trying to articulate, but he also had a more specific knowledge because he had he was privy to intelligence briefings that include things that none of us even begin to know about to this day. We, we just have an inkling, and if we knew what all was going on behind the scenes, it would probably cause us to our minds to explode. So I think that being who he is, a businessman who knows how to make the art of the deal, who knows the art of the deal, he was being proactive in issuing this order. So what does it mean? Well, again, the jargon in there is very sophisticated and it's legalese and it's difficult to read, but this is what I gather from it. That 45 days from the election, from an American uh, general presidential election, which in this case would be November the 3rd, that 45 days from that time, the intelligence entities were to compile their assessments of whether or not they had detected any foreign influence in our election. And that would be, uh, from my understanding, submitted to the DNI, who in this case is a man named Ratcliffe. He was to take the compilation, I guess, and synthesize it and kind of put it in an orderly way to report to the president by 45 days after the election day took place. That would be tomorrow. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, if you're listening to this on Thursday, December, um, let's see what the date is here. You'd think I'd know that, wouldn't you? If you're listening to this on Thursday, December the 17th, then that would be tomorrow, Friday the 18th. So depending on when you're listening to this, there's some context and reference point that I want you to operate from. At that point, if it was decided there was significant foreign interference then the president, based on his executive order, 13858, could make some decisions. But his decisions could be made within another 45-day time frame. And my understanding is those decisions could include confiscation of equipment, machinery, computers, technology, the closing of entities, at least temporarily is my understanding, and even the possible arresting or indictment, uh, indictment and arresting of uh, people being charged with being involved with the crime of foreign interference, etc. And that being the case, there could be some tumultuous times. There could be some, I've heard the terminology, I've heard the 
talked about blackouts, um, possible supply chains halted for a season for a time. There could be numbers of things that happened partly as a result of the president's um, activity and his um, orders, and then also those that would respond or react to it. And so this could happen within the next 45 days after tomorrow if there is a report of foreign interference. Now, there's already been some that have concluded there has been foreign interference. I won't get into all of that, but uh, Navarro gave a report, and it's out there online if you want to go look at it. Very uh, concise and succinct, but at the same time, detailed, showing that there was definitely foreign interference, and specifically China. Not just China, but specifically China in our election this time. So this report is supposed to come to the president's desk tomorrow, but (laughs) believe it or not, and you probably do by now, There has been seemingly a public uh, or um, not really an announcement, but there's been conversation that has gotten out that these entities, these intelligence groups of America have not completed their assessment yet. Apparently there's some disagreements here and there and so forth. We know there's corruption We don't know how deep or how far or who or which group is more corrupt than the other, but we know that there's a lot of power playing going on here. And like one of my podcasts says, some threats taking place. And and, and by the way, this is a parenthetical, but I just saw something that's very disturbing. And I don't know. I haven't vetted it. But you know what? At this point, I don't have any reason not to believe it. But I saw that there had been a phone call uh, a little while back between John Roberts, the chief justice, and one of the other liberal justices, Stephen Breyer, who is one of the older justices. And apparently John Roberts said something about, used the F word and said something about making sure that and he used the F word in relationship to President Trump, that he would not get back into office. Well, if that's the case, then that sort of explains why the Supreme Court would not hear the submission the other day of the Texas case against the uh, four states in question and why they wouldn't even hear it. They, they They said Texas had no standing and they wouldn't even hear hear it based on the merit to this point. Sure did disillusion disappoint a lot of people. But that's a parenthetical. Back to the executive order. So the feet dragging apparently is taking place. Will the report, will Ratcliffe go ahead and give the report to President Trump tomorrow in some form? Well, it's not tomorrow yet, so I can't answer that question. I don't know. Um... If he is not able to, 
will that change in any way what the executive order mandates? Will it, because it wasn't adhered to accurately, will it change what can be done? Will it take away some of the president's latitude? Well, I think at the very least it would take some of the time um, away from him that he would have, 45 days. But, you know, if he sees that there was significant foreign interference in our election, then how much time does he need to go ahead and put things in motion? I imagine he's ready right now. Now, does he need to? Should he? That's a good question. Would the legal maneuverings that are still taking place, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, um, Jay and Jordan Seculo, Tom DeGeneva, I mean Joe DeGeneva, Victoria Tinsley, um, and others, Jenna Ellis. There's apparently a lot of movement in the, in the courts or in, in the judiciary right now, here and there. What's it going to lead to? How quick will it be significant? I don't know, but there seems to be a lot of movement I'm hearing about today. A lot of hearings, some, some subpoenas are being issued. That's a good sign. Um, some... Some of the uh, Dominion machines are being, um, they're being, uh, forensic tests are being done on them. Um, they're, they're saying don't touch them or we want to look at them. So that's good. It's good to hear that. So let's see what happens. This may be a last resort. But if it is a last resort, or if it is a step in making things right, then it, it may have to be done, um, which would include possible martial law of sorts. It could include that. It could include the military's involvement with tribunals and so forth. If the court will not do what they're supposed to do. Now, if John Roberts, and so really I guess that wasn't a parenthetical, was it? If John Roberts has such power over the Supreme Court being the Chief Justice, I don't really know how his powers are enumerated, but if he is, has such an intimidating presence where the new, newer justices uh, either just fall in lockstep or are afraid to, you know, my word, speak out of turn, then this, this may be the reason why the tribunals have to be set in motion. So again, a lot of these things I don't know the details about. I'll just be honest with you, you don't probably either, but we're finding out a lot more now than a lot of us ever knew about civics, about government, about our history, about corruption. You know, if Donald Trump had never been elected, we wouldn't know about the corruption that, that's in America. We, we would only have a, a vague idea that there was some, but we would just go on our merry way. This is, a, this is a critical time. This is a time when something has to be done. It cannot be overlooked. If it is, then we might as well say goodbye to um, elections that are free and clear 
we might as well say goodbye to the country that we believed in, even as an ideal, because the other side wants to destroy that. So I don't think that's going to happen, but we can't just sit around and twiddle our thumbs. We've all got to use, within reason and with the fruit of the Spirit, we've got to use our influence to help set the stage for four years of liberty and, listen, not wasted time, but four years of revival, four years of souls being saved, four years of churches being packed with people that are discipled after Jesus Christ. This is so important. So that's basically a little bit on Executive Order 13848. You can look it up online and try to read it if you want to, or you can read about it, but be careful who you read about it from or who you listen to about it. Um, let's just pray that the best course of action will be taken and that some course of action will succeed. And, you know, either way, even if, uh, even if it's decided that President Trump did win the election after all the mainstream media has gone and assumed out loud strongly that he hasn't, that Joe Biden is the, quote, president-elect, there's going to be some trouble because the other side's not going to just lay down and uh, say, oh, okay, they're not going to do that. And, of course, they're the ones that go out and trash their cities and burn things and break things and hurt people. That's, that's who they are. And after all this time, they're, they're wanting us to just be quiet, even though for four years they wouldn't be quiet at all. Wouldn't be quiet at all. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And you would think that Joe Biden, if he were elected uh, actually, that he would want the population of the United States, the people, to believe that he was a legitimate president so he could, could have some semblance of government so that he could govern or Kamala Harris or whoever. But we know that's not it. We know that behind all this <laughs> are names that are pop around in the hopper and we won't discuss to what degree because it all leads to other conversations. But you know who they are. Past president, that's one of them. And a past wannabe president, that's another one. And then a bunch of people that are rooted here and there in the deep state. But I'm so glad that God has given us peace in our hearts and the power of prayer and faith. So let's use it today in Jesus' name. Now, you can help me out by subscribing to this podcast on every podcast platform possible sharing it with your friends that you think are interested. I'm not interested in arguing with people. I don't have time for that. But if you think someone's interested, share the podcast opportunity with them and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you. This is Pastor Rick Bowen and The Prophetic Angle.